TikTok, TikTok. Coach Riley, you better figure out your clock management. You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Fight on, everyone. I'm your host, Mark Culkin, and thank you for making Locked On USC your first listen every day. Whether you're watching this show on YouTube or wherever you're going to download your podcast, this show is free. I appreciate your support. You can show your appreciation. If you're watching on YouTube, become a subscriber. It's free. It's easy. Just click that red subscribe button. When you see the thumbs up, smash it. Make it likable. It means a lot. And I don't want you to miss one episode of Locked on USC, including this instant reaction. Click that bell notification button and you are covered. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can get, you can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com forward slash Locked On to get started. So, Coach Riley, while you're working on your clock management skills, um, while you're at it, why don't you try and decide what type of offense you want to run? Because right now I have zero idea, no clue what this team's offensive identity is other than you have a bunch of really good elite players at certain positions who play well individually at times, but a team that has not played well and your offense has regressed. I get it. The the schedule's gotten tougher, but it started regressing before the schedule was getting tougher, well before Notre Dame well before your most recent 34-32 to loss at home to Utah. Lincoln Riley has been the head coach at USC for one season and another eight games. It wasn't as noticeable last year because everybody was kind of lost in the enthusiasm, the the euphoria of an 11-win season. USC's eighth Heisman Trophy winner, and all it, all anybody really wanted and anticipated was USC being better in year two, right? That hasn't really come to fruition. USC has now fallen to six and two on the season. I caught the evil eye and and the short answer weeks ago. Um, it was a very short, terse answer when I asked Coach Riley, what is his team's offensive identity? But the terse short answer was, we're the number one scoring offense in the country. Well, since then, since that question, he's been asked it again by somebody else. But more importantly, the results, USC has survived at home in triple overtime against Arizona. They were completely embarrassed on the road at Notre Dame. And then that number one scoring offense that Lincoln Riley said, this is who they are. Well, um, not anymore. I'm not sure what the offensive identity looks like when Kyle Whittingham's Utah Utes, again, puts up more points in LA than USC's offense. Last year, USC lost in Salt Lake City last play, not almost the last play of the game, the Utah scored a touchdown 
uh, to get the we'll call it the walk off win. Utah got the walk off win with a game winning field goal in Los Angeles. Look, I get that Utah has a really good defense. Understood. And Coach Whittingham has had an opportunity to instill his culture uh, at Utah a lot longer than Lincoln Riley, who's been at USC for, again, one year, eight games so far now through the second season. However, that has nothing to do with the lack of creativity with Lincoln Riley's play calling or his very questionable uh, use of clock management play calling, chasing points early in the game, and then not adjusting. I really, I, I need someone to explain why Lincoln Riley would not take advantage of his own home field, his quarterback, in a bunch of, in a, and a bunch of really good skill position players, and then not let them play more than one play at a time during a series. The constant changing of a play, sometimes more than one time when they're already lined up at the line of scrimmage, and then rotating wide receivers and running backs after each play, that slows down the pace of the game. And by rule, Lincoln Riley knows this. When you substitute an offense, that means the defense gets to substitute, which also slows down the pace of the game. You had to... You had to believe that that was part of Utah's game plan. Keep the USC offense off the field. Well, I didn't, I didn't anticipate Lincoln Riley helping Utah's game plan. I mean, the play calling went from, we're going to run the ball for 100 yards and 14 points in the first quarter to all of a sudden the next question I'm asking myself in the press box, why are you abandoning the run game in the second quarter? You have one or was it two rushing attempts total? USC finished with 145 net yards rushing on the game. Remember, they had 100 at the end of the first quarter. That 145 yards is after you adjust for the 32 yards that USC suffered in sacks and tackles for loss. So they actually had a pretty good night running the ball. Heading into the matchup, Utah's rush defense was one of the best in the country. They were only allowing 70 yards per game, less than. I believe it was 68 or 66, whatever it was. Less than 70. USC had 100 at the end of the first quarter. So who cares if Caleb Williams has six yards of passing? Until Utah stops the run, keep running the darn ball. Oh, you know what else was affected again? Your time of possession. For the for the game, Utah, 34 minutes, USC, 25 minutes. I know there was some change on both sides of the coin there. Figure it out, guys. Literally, USC had another offensive meltdown, a disappearing act. Zero points in the second quarter, and they were outscored 20 to 18 in the second half. They lost by two points. And remember, Lincoln Riley was chasing points early with two-point two point conversion attempts instead of going for those extra points. Why? And then to make those decisions even look worse, you going for you settle for a field goal after forgoing an extra point attempt earlier. It just it, it made no sense. 
I get it. Coaches get caught up in the game and thinking, all right, well, my offense is working now. Watch, I'm going to get those two points. I'm really going to get the momentum going. Sometimes just recognize, chip away. There's so much time left in the game. There was no reason to chase points at that point. Coach Riley was asked after the game what kind of adjustments he needs to make to get the offense going. Quote, my job is to get better just like everybody else. I've had, I think, an okay track record calling plays, so I'm confident in my ability and our ability to do that. But we can all be better for each other. That's called football. You're all in it together. I'll never sit up here and say I did it all right and guys made the mistakes. We're all in it together and our success is tied together and our failures are tied together. So we all got to come back to work tomorrow with our heads up, ready to get back and go attack this challenge. And I can promise you this team and program will get that out of their head coach, end quote. Coach Riley, what, what happened to your creative play calling after Zachariah Branch's touchdown run? I loved, I should say I loved, but I appreciated the offensive line adjustments that you came into this game with. I still would have done it a little bit different, but it was different and it was working, especially running the ball. So kudos. I said earlier in the week on Locked on USC, that there would be no excuses for a loss tonight against an offense from Utah that is more one-dimensional than USC's. The Trojans put up just 401 yards of total offense. They had more undisciplined play on both sides of the ball. Penalties. And then, again, allowing the defense and special teams to just to consistently remain inconsistent. Eight games into the season. Coach Riley, you made some big changes on the offensive line halfway through the season, more than halfway through the season. I think it's it's time to do the same on the other side of the ball, although it's probably too late. I, I think you got to do something, right? you got to make some changes. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Get online therapy at help at betterhelp.com forward slash locked on college and get on your way to being your better to your best self. I think we all need some online therapy after this game. You know what sucks? Laying in bed trying to fall asleep and your brain won't turn off. I'm telling you, I'm going to have that problem later when I'm done. Do you ever feel like your brain is getting in its own way? Yeah. Working harder than it should. Like you know what you should do, what's good for you, but you just can't do it. Therapy helps you figure out what's holding you back so you can work for yourself instead of against yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and it's suited for your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash locked on college today and you're going to get 10% off your first month that's better help h-e-l-p like paul.com slash locked on college snap into the nfl season with fanduel america's number one sportsbook right now new customers you get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed 
when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time than to get in on the action than right now. The app is also, it's really simple, super easy to use. And there's a wide range of betting options, including you can bet on the point spreads, the player prop bets, over-unders, and a whole lot more. So visit FanDuel.com forward slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. So this loss, in my opinion, falls on the head coach more than any of the players who played in this game and who maybe didn't execute. Uh, I mentioned the segue from the first segment to this segment that it's time to make some more changes. <clears throat> Look, Coach Lincoln Riley, he, he decided to ride with his guy, defense coordinator Alex Grinch. After the last season ended, they, they all came together, had to sit down. They decided we're going to go one more time. Let's let's do this one more round. And Lincoln Riley said the, he, he did it because he knew just deep down inside that Alex Grinch had what it takes to get it done. Lincoln Riley has the trained eye. I'm not sure what ev evidence he's seen, but again, he has the trained eye. Throughout the week, I was describing, well, not the entire week, but on a couple of episodes, I described Utah's offense as Iowa bad, hot garbage. In other words, they could run the ball, but they couldn't throw the ball. The Utah Utes were essentially, they were using a JV squad on offense. They were missing their starting quarterback. I believe uh, both of their top tight ends, one of their or two of their running backs, and uh, just a very mediocre wide receiver core. Nothing special about it, right? And they had a pair of a pair of quarterbacks that had thrown for combined 900 yards and four touchdowns through their first six games. That's it. So of course. What happens when they step up against an Alex Grinch defense? I mean, USC's defense should only have had to focus on stopping the run game. That's it. And it would have made stopping Utah's offense that much easier. Well, it would have made, it would have made the job easier, I guess is the best way of putting it. So instead... Utah's quarterback, Bryson Barnes, he has a career night. You knew it was happening. You knew it was going to come, right? You just knew it. Everybody looks good against Alex Grinch's defense. Even an Arizona State team with a bunch of backups. So, Bryson Barnes. You might not have heard of him before. Now you know his name. He almost had a John Barnes type of night. I know USC fans know John Barnes. Yeah, UCLA quarterback, walk-on. Bryson, turned around, had a 235-yard night throwing the ball. He had three touchdowns through the air, and that was enough to even cover up for his pick-six interception that he threw to Kalen Bullock. He was only 14 for 23 throwing the ball. But 
he finished the night with a 17 yards average per completion. At one point, Utah was getting 22 yards per completion. Last week, Utah made uh, their safety, Sione Vaki, a two-way player at running back. He ran for, what, 145 yards, 150 yards against Cal's defense. Not bad, right? This week, he learned the wheel route, and he burned USC twice, especially when freshman Braylon Shelby was put in a bad position. In other words, pass coverage. So, Sione Vaki added 68 yards rushing to his 145 yards of receiving. Yeah. Oh, you know what else Bryson Barnes did? Bryson Barnes? Not only did he have a good night throwing the ball, he ran it 10 times for 57 yards. USC's Heisman winning quarterback was upstaged at home on national TV by a backup quarterback. I could bring up USC's defensive scheme and how bad it is, but what's the point? We've been I've been doing that for over a year now. Lincoln Riley chose to ride this same ride in 2023 after what he saw last year. The only thing that has changed in a year, was bringing in a handful of better players on the defense side of the ball. And we have seen improvement on the defensive line and at the rush end. Can't say that at linebacker and at secondary. Because what hasn't changed is their inability to tackle. This is more than a scheme problem. This is also a lack of development problem. It's hindering recruiting. I said more changes need to be made. As opposed as I am, and I'm not a huge proponent of replacing coaches during the season. However, this might be the only course of action. You've got to show that you're willing to do what's necessary. I get it. You want to... You win as a team, you lose as a team, you're going to fi finish out the season. There was a lot of words from Lincoln Riley after the game. I'm going to go over those words on tomorrow's episode of Locked on USC when I, I break down this game a little bit more thoroughly. This is my instant reaction. Get it off, bent. And I'm telling you, there's a lot to go over. But you need, if, if you want to show your fan base, Possibly you're recruiting, that you're you're willing to do whatever's necessary to help this team grow and develop and, and play at a championship level. That's something that might need to be considered. I mean, it's not like the defense was particularly bad tonight. They were just, they had their moments. They were actually pretty good on third downs. Utah only converted three of 12. To put that into perspective, Utah has a really good defense. They kept USC to four of 11 on third downs. But the ones that USC did give up, they were huge. And then those penalties sure as heck didn't help. 
Um, the, the, the two penalties by Bear Alexander, maybe frustration, especially the first one where it was after the whistle, well after the whistle. And then he, you know, it's not that he threw the guy down, it's he flung the guy down. It was the, it was the action right in front of the sideline, in front of the referee too. The second one, it was definitely, you know, he launched. He left, he left both feet, helmet to helmet. But even with those penalties, had USC just tackled better, they would have had a fighter's chance to hold on to that win. Okay, I think the summer is almost over. The fall is here. But that doesn't mean that you can't keep wearing your bird dogs. Keep wearing the shirts. Bird dogs, all their gear. Bird dogs make you look good because they're designed to fit you slimmer through the thigh. Through the thigh. The thigh. They're going to give you that sculptured look. And they're definitely, they fit way better than those regular shorts that are made of stiff, restricting cotton. And they're definitely more comfortable than blue jeans. Bird Dogs uses an anti-stink, anti-sweat wicking fabric that's going to keep you cool and dry all day long. So if you want to work out on them, great, no problem. You can wear them afterwards and you can still go do other things with other people. No one will know the difference. Because really, who wants to stink? And when I'm wearing my Bird Dogs, there's no treading places. I like wearing them because when I look good, I feel good. So go to birddogs.com forward slash locked on college for a free Yeti style water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com forward slash locked on college. Use the promo code locked on college for a free bird dogs water bottle. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. I'm not sure what USC and Trojan fans should anticipate next. Uh, you know, a bunch of rhetorical questions. Is this team going to keep? Fighting like Lincoln Riley anticipates, like he talked about after the game. Is Caleb ready? Is Caleb Williams? Is he ready to keep fighting, or is he going to start maybe inching, preparing for his NFL career? I mean, right now USC's national championship hopes and Heisman hopes are pretty slim. I, I know Caleb wanted to repeat. I know. He wanted to come back for a playoff opportunity. I'm not even sure USC is going to be ranked after this weekend. They've been dropping in the poll even when they were winning. Last week, they drop. This week, you lose at home. And that way, this is not a championship-level team. And let's not forget, USC has to regroup and then head out on the road next week to play Cal, who can also play defense. This is Lincoln Riley's second two-game losing streak since he's arrived. USC ended the year last year, losing to Utah in the conference championship game, and then to Tulane in the bowl game. Both meltdowns. Well, the Tulane game especially. You, you give a little bit of a leash, a little bit of latitude. Caleb Williams went down with the hamstring injury. At that time, USC's offense was rolling. What happened to that offense? Where did it go? 
So not only does USC have a two-game losing streak right now, they have Lincoln Riley has lost three in a row to Kyle Whittingham. He owns them. And Utah has beaten USC four times in a row. And I don't think these teams are going to be playing each other again in the foreseeable future. So they get the crown. They earned it. Losing in Salt Lake City at the end of the game is one thing. But it happened in Los Angeles the following year. And I mentioned this earlier in the show. Against an inferior offensive team than the one that they lost to in Salt Lake City the year before. Significantly different. And then to add insult to injury and kind of rub salt in the wound. While Lincoln Riley is doing the post-game press conference, the Utah locker room has their music turned up to 11. And that means Lincoln Riley has to talk a little bit louder and we're, we're listening to the Utah team celebrate. Oh, by the way, the LA Utes are what they're calling themselves now. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it's like. When USC loses at home to a team that knows they own USC right now. As they say, to the victor go the spoils, right? So there's another concern that's creeping up. Is this team mentally tough? They're not able to win the close games. Good teams, championship teams win close games. And that takes mental toughness. Coach Riley was the only person to talk to the media after the game. I get it. Tough loss. A lot of disappointment. That locker room, I'm sure, a lot of tears. I have no doubt about it. Nonetheless, protecting the players and your assistant coaches from the media, asking them tough questions, that's not going to prepare them to be mentally tough. These aren't kids. They're young men. They're adults. They came to USC to play in high-pressure situations, and there's an expectation level that comes with it. So by you protecting them, keeping them away from the media after this game, that doesn't make them mentally tough. In fact, it does the opposite. It coddles them. It tells them they don't have to go answer and be accountable. Shutting the media out of practice hasn't helped prepare and, and get the team focused. I mean, Lincoln Riley talked about after the game, you know, the outside noise and the distractions and and how you you know you you try and keep the team from it, but you in real you know, obviously you can't do that. So now, you know, Coach Riley, like I said. I'll go over all of his quotes after tomorrow during tomorrow's episode of Locked on USC. Um, but his words are starting to ring hollow a little bit because the results aren't matching up. Like I said, you can only talk the talk so much. Eventually, that walk has got to catch up. In many ways, this loss was worse than the loss to Notre Dame. I just, I don't sense any urgency from this team. I mean, one play that I can just 
encapsulate that. <clears throat> Marshawn Lloyd, he bobbled that pass. It was ruled an incomplete pass, but it looked like a fumble in live action. And his attempt to pick up the ball or go after it was like, Meh, maybe I'll get it, maybe I won't. Something's not right with this team right now. They're not clicking. And I can't quite put my finger on it, but I know it starts with the coaching. I don't know if they're losing confidence. But after this game, I know the fans are. I know I have more questions. I know I'll be back with another episode of Locked on USC tomorrow, because that's what we do. You get... Locked on USC five times a week, plus post-game reaction like this one. Oh, by the way, I want to thank all of you for making that uh, our last post-game reaction one of the most viewed episodes of Locked on USC ever. Let's do it again. So until I see you on that next episode, everyone, you know what to do.